Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five coaches who would like to fast forward through year one. These are all year one coaches. They're all safe, but their years have been, I'll call it wonky. Some have had good moments. Some have had stress, but you can see when you're watching them. Uh, how they are, uh, you know, riding through. Not everybody can be Deion Sanders, obviously, uh, and and roll through in year one just like it's uh, it's sunshine and rainbows and dewy meadows. Uh, but number five, Eric Morris at North Texas. Uh, this is a, a really good, interesting, innovative young coach that I think will do really well, but. When you have coaching changes, especially in the transfer portal era at schools like North Texas, when you have guys that, you know, may have committed to you and stayed with you through it and they can be playing up a conference level, you kind of get rated a little bit. It looks like their talent got – I mean, Baylor took one of their tight ends for crying out loud. So you've got all this stuff that happens. I think right now they're not where they need to be, obviously, talent-wise, and they're not who North Texas can be. But I think he, he wishes he could kind of fast-forward in the recruiting season and 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 kind of reset the roster there. Yeah, I'm sure. Um they got off to a rocky start. I had somebody text me or tweet me a couple of weeks ago, like, "Oh man, is UNT in trouble?" They started off zero and two, and um, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, you lost to Cal for one. Like, that's not a team you're really expected to beat right out of the gates in your first game. But uh, they bounced back and got a win in week three, and then they were off, uh, or I guess they're off this week, or were off last week. What was that? Uh, yeah, they were off this past weekend, so they've had time to regroup and now can start the second half of their season and. Uh, you know, try to improve some. But, yeah, I definitely think this is a program that's anxiously awaiting the offseason to go and retool some more and, and put some more of their fingerprints on the, the roster and whatnot. I definitely think we'll see them all GJ, maybe not G.J. Kenny or Dion level of active. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely think he's going to change some things up when they get the opportunity. But right now, ride with who you got, and at least they got that first win under the belt. We'll see what they can do with that. 
Number four, for completely different reasons, David Braun at Northwestern uh, gets the job in the middle of the summer as an interim, uh, and obviously things have not gone well there for... Um, they just won. Well, I mean, yes, but uh, if you look at the first... I mean, we're talking about the first four weeks, but uh, I do think that if I'm him, just knowing, I just wish just fast forward through this, see where I stand professionally, and move on. This is... Not a position, and people can say what they want about you know coaches on staff that have to go through this and yada, yada, yada. This is not something professionally any of you would want, to have to step in an interim situation and try to make this work uh, down the line because it is not. It's maybe the most difficult thing in the world. And they're two and two. They beat Minnesota. I know that, but I still think it's going to be an uphill climb as they they've got Penn State next week. So, well, I mean, the goodness for him is there's absolutely zero expectations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody's expecting them to win any games, and they've already won two. Um, mm-hmm. Given the circumstances, that they just said, "Screw it, we're not even playing." I think some people would have you know been very understanding of that, given how uh, much of a mess uh, you know that that turned into right before the season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they got a big win over Minnesota in overtime, and that was a huge freaking comeback. I don't know if you guys paid attention to uh, to how that unfolded, but that was a, an incredible win for Northwestern to put up 21 in the fourth quarter um, and come back to force extras in the final frame and then go ahead and get the win. I mean, that was an incredible win for them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe – I don't know. It's, it's hard. He's, he's a guy who's just – kind of thrust into this situation yeah. that he was never supposed to be in. So I think the fact they're at two and two is actually like pretty okay. We'll see what they do the rest of the way. But getting that Minnesota win was absolutely huge. Yeah. Number three, Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Uh, he, I think he maybe thought that he might be able to get a better quarterback in the portal than he did. Because, wait a minute, what's the timeline of when Finley left? Was it? Before he was hired or after, after he, was he was hired? Okay. Well, after. Well, but, yeah. And he, I mean, and he kind of, and he pushed him out the door. You don't, I know, but wouldn't you, wouldn't they like to have him right now? Oh, I think so. And, but I think that his confidence in letting TJ Finley walk and getting in the situation that it was, was buoyed by the fact that I think he thought, especially I think Grayson McCall was in the water at that point, that that was going to happen for them. And then when it didn't, and they got Peyton Thorne, and that hasn't worked out. And Robbie Ashford, they knew exactly who he was. You, I mean, he's, he's not changed that much uh, over the year. That Auburn, and have Phil, Philip Montgomery, and, um, you know, an offense is supposed to, like, go, go, go. Dave Roberts. To uh, struggle yeah. like they – Ron Roberts. Ron Roberts. Uh, yeah. To struggle like they have on offense in particularly uh, with Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery in the same room was a little surprising to me, but I do think it's because I – I think, and this is just my theory, he thought he might be able to get um, more of a diamond in the rough out of the portal, and he didn't. Yeah, I don't know. They've had, they've had a hard time scoring points. Um, you know, we'll see how SEC play goes for them the rest of the way, but um, don't know that anybody was expecting miracle work in year one. I was very interested in seeing how much of a job he could do, you know, right away or how much of an instant impact he could make. But, yeah, this is clearly a roster that needs some more, more retooling this offseason, need to figure out the quarterback position. But, um, yeah, maybe – exactly how you would have planned out uh, his his first month but they're also nowhere near where you know they're eventually going no. to be and that's why this is not like a hot seat list this is just yeah. a let me get through this kind of uh, of list number two zach arnett and mississippi state uh they've been 
uneven to say the least at Mississippi State. Um, I know they're, they're what they're one and three or two and two. I, I had this down and then I I closed it, but they um, they got absolutely rolled by LSU when LSU. Um, at least as far as the rest of the teams in the SEC, Garrett, is kind of vulnerable. But LSU completely dominated them and looked like a different team than they have any other week this season against Mississippi State. They they just don't even they, – they seem really far away from the team that they, they looked like they were building at the end of last year. And I know they've gone through a lot there with losing Mike Leach and Zach Arnett taking over. They are 2-2, two and two, um, but – Took them to overtime to get Arizona, and, and then they've they've lost the last two. It just they just don't look the same out there at all. As another guy that had was stuck with a bad situation, although had a full off season, but still you lose the guy that's the maestro, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I I you know he he put in a tough situation, not as much as Braun, but it's, it's also a, even though the SEC West seems to be a down a notch, it, it's still not easy when you're just not as good as everybody else. Yeah. And number one, Matt Rule at Nebraska. Uh, I know this year we, we experienced it here, but Nebraska is smoky. And it wasn't just because you were sitting over here while we are watching that game. Watching them is, is frustrating. Like, the, they are they're a difficult watch on television because of the way, the way that they play and the spurts at which they play. And then they'll show you something. They do, you know, if they have 10... If I have a 10-play drive, nine of the plays are excellent, and then the 10th the play is the dumbest thing you've ever seen. And that will change under Matt Rule. He will coach that out of them, but he is inheriting a team that's been a dumb team for a very long time. And, you know, you don't just, you don't just go from, uh, you know, completely dumb to completely smart in one offseason. It's a football so. IQ problem. Yeah. It's a football IQ problem. They had a kick return or a punt return or a long, and there's all, you know, you wait for the flag. It, it's like they just have forgotten how to win. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're about to go 2-3 and three against Michigan, but they still are not a very smart team, and that's going to probably drive Matt Rule more crazy uh, uh, than even turnovers or losing. Yeah, I remember talking to a high school coach one time, and this is – this is not the same, but it's kind of a similar thing. You don't really know until they're in situations like what you need to coach out of them, right? So you have to see people make the mistake to know you got to coach it out of them because you can blanket coach things like, okay, we're going to not have holding penalties. We're not going to do this. We're going to do this. But you may not know what the actual reason's for until they're against a guy in a different jersey, and you're like, oh, well, this keeps happening. we got to coach that out of him. So that's what he's dealing with. This particular high school coach was sitting in front of a room of his players, and he, after they'd made like four bad plays on special teams, he goes, how many guys know the rules of special teams in the room? And like four guys raised their hand. He's like, you know that um, you can't just touch a punt yeah. when they punt it to us and leave it yeah. alone. We have to pick it up. Yeah, you <laughs> like, would hope that if anyone's playing the game, they would understand the game. But, it's I mean, like, that just, was a high school ex- uh, know, you know, know. explanation. But college – it's why are you committing these penalties? What bad habits do you have? You haven't seen them until you're going against a guy who's playing for a different team. Well, they do, I mean, they play Michigan this week, but after that, I mean, I, I'm going to be curious if they end up like 0 for 5 with losses to Illinois and Northwestern and reeling Michigan State and Purdue. Who Teams that have been beating them lately, even though they're – I know, yeah, but like, I, know. I mean, you, you can say year one all you want to, but they have no business like going through a losing streak past Michigan. And so I, I'm very curious of just where they are when they start to hit that Big Ten slate of teams that are similar, I guess, in some ways to them or beatable. 
more beatable certainly than Michigan is. Um, but yeah, that, that game this weekend in Lincoln should be a hot atmosphere. Um, it's year number one. We know that he takes some time. Don't know that he always should need to take as much time, you know, a full year to get under your belt. And I think that's kind of where the concern may be. Uh, but they've definitely got some winnable games coming up after the Wolverines. So we'll see where they are, you know, about the midway point. I think the frustrating part about them was not it's the fact that they're not beating the middle of the pack, and it, which then puts them at the bottom of the pack. And that's who they've been for way too long. This has been a Rogue Media Network 